When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast. I am your host, Patrick Lyons. And on today's show, very excited to talk with my good buddy, Manny Randau, about the Rockies, their trade deadline. Did they did they do enough? What was actually at stake here? We know they brought in a ton of pitching prospects, which was very promising. They increased their quantity, quality, pretty good. But again, could they have possibly done more? We'll talk about things around the game of baseball uh, as we love to do. But of course, we'll start as we do each and every Monday, minor league Monday, with our Colorado Rockies prospects of the week. Tip of the cap right away for the month of July to Angel Chavi, a reliever with Spokane, who had uh, 11 games pitched out of the pen, 292 ERA, 16 strikeouts. He really broke out last year in Fresno as one of those really young and promising bullpen arms. And then Skylar Messenger, who twice in the month of July was our prospect of the week with low A Fresno. He was 326 at the plate in 22 games with eight homers and 28 RBI. Absolutely remarkable for the Colorado product. Love to see that from him. But in AAA, our prospect of the week, this was a tough one. It was close. Carl Kaufman did a nice job on the mound. You like to see that for the Rockies pitching, but it was Hunter Stovall, infield, outfield, utility guy. He is a player that, to a man, Everyone that is uh, has played with him in the organization has said Hunter Stovall is a dude. He is a grinder. He's a baseball guy through and through. At 26 years old, uh, he's he's having a really solid season with the Isotopes there in AAA. Had two homers, nine RBI, two stolen bases on Sunday. Had his 24th multi-hit effort with two RBI. It's actually his ninth multi-RBI game of the season. Extended his hit streak to six games. And he's a player that's a real positive story to see for this organization. They actually had traded him away at one point for James Pazos. Dealt him to the Phillies organization. And uh, he came back into the fold. And he's, again, he's not just doing it for himself, but he's doing it for his teammates. A real team player. That would be a nice story. I think there's a shot that we could see him debut before this season is out, Daniel Montano, two home runs this week. Jimmy Heron uh, in in short supply, a 500 batting average with five RBI, three stolen bases. Call Coffin, as I mentioned, five and two thirds innings pitched, only gave up one run. And PCL type quality starts. That's six innings pitched and four earned runs allowed for left-handers Ben Bramer and Josh Rogers. New acquisition, Justin Brule, who came over from the Dodgers at the deadline. One and a third innings pitch, did not allow a run. And then a player that Josh Sushant did mention on Friday's show is Susie. Evan Justice, left-handed reliever. Another scoreless week for him. He continues to look really sharp. Righty Nick Kennedy did the same as well. And Albuquerque right now, they are second place in the PCL East behind the Oklahoma City Dodgers. Oklahoma City has a fringe of uh, a ton of fringe big, big leaguers, many of whom actually aren't on the 40-man roster. Pat Lake and David Dahl are their 
right now. Uh, I was surprised to see them uh, still kicking around. And with the Dodgers, Stephen Duggar, Ken Giles, Robbie Erlin, you might remember some of those names, all with the Oklahoma City Dodgers in AAA. But the postseason rules state that if a team wins the first and second half, which it looks like the Dodgers probably will, in AAA, the team with the second-best record in the second half will go to the postseason, which means – the isotopes, they are gunning for postseason berth this year in AAA. Uh, and that's pretty important because the isotopes really haven't done very well since they've been an affiliate for the Rockies. Uh, one game under 500 in 2016, the second year that the isotopes were with the Rockies. So uh, it's kind of a big deal for them to, to do that. Uh, if you want to look at Rockies history, the only AAA club uh, that ever won the Pacific Coast League postseason was the Colorado Springs Sky Sox back in 1995. Sky Sox won it in 92, but they were an affiliate with Cleveland back then. Sky Sox also went to the postseason in 94 and 97. Outside of that, not a ton of postseason ball in AAA for the Rockies this year. It very well could change. So keep an eye on those box scores, not just for the players, but for the end results as well. The results have been fantastic in AA for Jordan Beck, our Hartford Yard Goats player of the week. 333, nice job at the play. Two doubles, uh, no home runs, but eight walks to one strikeout. How about that? Putting the ball in play, taking his walks when he gets them. I don't know that we'll see him up in AAA. That could be a bit much. Maybe the final week of the season, you see that and uh, an invitation to big league camp next year for Jordan Beck after just having been drafted in 2022. I think it's reasonable. Uh, Hartford, worst record in the Eastern League so far this year. I thought they would be a lot better with all that talent they had gotten from Spokane. Some of the guys uh, from Fresno, even, uh, that, that that won the California League last year. I thought they'd be up. Uh, unfortunately, not the case. Honorable mention to Yankee Fernandez. Did a nice job in two games uh, since a brief stint on the seven-day IL. Hunter Goodman, Julio Carreras did a nice job. Hard week for the starting pitchers uh, at AA for the Yard Goats. Good week for relievers, Stephen Jones, Blake Goldsberry, and Victor Vodnik, who had another scoreless week in uh, three games. He's up to five innings pitch, no runs allowed, three hits, one walk, 7K for probably one of the bigger prospects that the Rockies acquired at the trade deadline from Atlanta in the Pierce Johnson deal. So Victor Vodnik, he was a guy, he was the name that came out of both Bill Schmidt and Bud Black's mouth last Tuesday at the trade deadline as someone to possibly keep an eye out on. Left-handed pitcher Carson Palmquist for high A Spokane. Six innings pitched, four hits allowed, one run, nine strikeouts. Improves to 7-2 and two with a 3-9-2 ERA in high A Northwest League, which the league average is 4-5-3. So he has been better than that. You hear 3-9-3 and you go, ah, it can't be that good. No, it's it's been quite good. Again, only, eight, or only two losses, seven wins for Carson Palmquist. Honorable mention to Jared Candy, who does it again. Mason Green had a good start. On the hitting side, Nick Kent, three home runs and good weeks for Jamari Baylor, Ryan Ritter, Braden Ward. Spokane has been five games under 500 this season. Not bad. Uh, they've got a chance to possibly sneak into the postseason, similar to what Albuquerque is doing right now. Vancouver Canadians, the Toronto Blue Jays affiliate there in high A in the Northwest League. They're probably going to run the table and do that. So Spokane, about five games back of sneaking into the postseason and doing that. So seeing if some of those guys from Fresno last year can kind of redeem themselves after getting bounced pretty quickly in, uh, in, in the California League postseason. Now in low A, Michael Prosecchi, left-handed starting pitcher. He's actually just announced as the California League Pitcher of the Week. First time of the season for him. Six innings pitched, 
only gave up two hits, only walked two, no runs allowed, 11 strikeouts, lowers his season ERA to 3.06. He's 9-5 and in 16 starts, and Fresno has been pretty unbeatable in the second half, 26-8 and entering the weekend. You also like to see great starts from Mason Albright in his Rockies debut, one of the two pitchers that came over in the C.J. Crone randall Gritchick deal from the Angels. He had five innings pitched, did not allow a run, nine Ks, and great starts from Caleb Franzen and Connor Stain. Those four guys that I mentioned, Prosecchi, Albright, Caleb Franzen, and Connor Stain, they combined to throw 22 innings and give up just one run. Very promising for the Rockies pitching prospects. They got a long way to go. They're only in low A, but still, uh, that is that is definitely good news. Closer Zach Agnos, draft pick uh, out of the 2022 draft, three saves and three chances. Jesus Bugarin, Skylar Messenger, and EJ Andrews did a really, really nice job at the plate overall. And if you're looking for a really, really nice bourbon, you got to check out Breckenridge Distillery in Breckenridge, Colorado, up in the mountains. If you're trying to beat the heat during the summer, go for a ride. Check out their distillery. It's amazing. Uh, Breckenridge Distillery, the official bourbon of the Denver Broncos, widely known for their blended bourbon whiskey, a high rye mash, American-style whiskey, après anywhere. Seriously, they're provided in, in all 50 states. You can get it. You can go to BreckenridgeDistillery.com to find out you can get home delivery of their award-winning Breckenridge Spirits. They've won all kinds of awards, countless amounts. they got an amazing restaurant, too, up there in Breckenridge. So check it out, Breckenridge Distillery. Dot com. And if you want to turn $1 into $200 of bonus bets, you got to head over to Bet365. You download the app, you deposit $10, and you claim $200 in bonus bets as soon as you place a bet for $1. You download the Bet365 app, and you use promo code DNVR when you sign up. They've pioneered live in-game betting. They have just under a million live stream events each and every year. They're a proud partner, in fact, of the Colorado Rockies. Get a better price on chosen markets for select games with the Bet365 Boosts or Bet365 Super Boosts. And right now, they got a cool thing going on where the Bet365 Baseball Early Payout Offer, it's basically you're a winner if your team goes up by five runs or more. You don't have to worry about the bullpen blowing a lead or some kind of miraculous comeback. Don't have to worry about that because it's an early payout offer with Bet365. Parlay and same-game parlay selections will be marked as winners. So download the app. And use code DNVR365 when you sign up. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Colorado. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem wants help, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Well, if you want a sure thing, you have to uh, you have to talk to my guest coming up here in just a second, Manny Randawa. He's uh, he's got some minor league baseball experience for, for anyone that that may not know. Uh, he did cover the AAA Indianapolis Indians there uh, as he was coming up and, and doing a little internship uh, when he was working for MLB.com. Really want to pull his ear on if if whether or not the Colorado Rockies did enough at the, the trade deadline. I think by all accounts, you look and you say, well, you know, when you pull off that many trades, uh, even again, the Justin Brule deal was really nice, bringing in a guy that can can help this roster this season and then also going forward too because he's got several more years of club control. That's that's pretty helpful to have going forward. Uh, but beyond that, the the pitching prospects that they got. Nobody that's a top 100 prospect. Uh, in fact, I think the, the highest prospect in the Rockies now uh, is probably 20th, uh, that being uh, Jake Madden. So, you know, they've got some of those guys there, but it was more about the quantity that they got in general 
Manny, what was, uh, I know your partner uh, uh, over uh, on the uh, Park Adjusted podcast there, Mark Knudsen, uh, did just write a little bit about the, the Rockies trade deadline. What were your thoughts? How, how do you think the Rockies did overall? Obviously, making as many deals as they did is a positive, but uh, did you have a th- thinking that maybe they should have done more or they should have gotten more perhaps? Um, yeah, in short, yes. Um, overall, I think they did okay. Uh, I, I think that um, the the trades of uh, Crone and uh, and Grichik, the return, you know, again, these things are always, you know, won or lost in hindsight. You can't, I mean, we can't really know, you know, you get all the memes of won, won the trade, lost the trade, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, you guys had a good one about winning the trade after the uh, taking two out of three from the Cardinals that, and uh, that was that was excellent. Um, but you can't really know for sure. But you can you can grade these things uh, based on what you know at the time. And I think they did fine with those. I would give them like a B for what they did with Crone and Grichik in particular and getting those uh, pitching prospects, Madden and Albright. I mean, those. I think they're ranked 20 and 21 now in the system per MLB pipeline. Uh, and then I think that they did fine overall, except for they never moved pro far. And the, these things, I mean, they, you have to have a trade partner for these things and it, it doesn't help when Profar starts to slump. Um, I mean, earlier on the season, it looked like he was building some trade value, but again, if you get a, if you, if you get a guy on a one-year deal just to kind of be a filler and you've got young players coming up behind them, you want to trade them. And so I think at that play, you know, how much the Rockies can control that is quite, you know, you could, it's debatable because it's based on performance, but I think they could have, I think they, in, in a perfect world, you've got to move him. And the fact that he's still a Rocky after the trade deadline is not good. The lineup that day on Tuesday was very delayed. Uh, we knew it San Diego was going to run out one through nine, but we didn't with Colorado because well, based was- on everything you thought he might go back to San Diego. Cause everybody's going back That's to their it. old teams, you know, but that too. Yeah. So there, there was some kind of deal. I think the, the, the player that would have extracted the most value, that you have to ask the question is Elias Diaz, you know, of sure. course still has one more year left. Uh, he was the Rockies lone all-star. Okay. So that's optics. Uh, he was the all-star game MVP. That's fantastic. That's, you know, you're, you maybe you want to put that on the cover of your media guide next year in your programs. That being said, he had the most value Agreed. with the, with the Rockies, not going to be a contender next year. Obviously, we know what, what catchers do behind the plate is a little bit different. And working with a, a starting rotation and a pitching staff that's still trying to find its way, you do have to say, hey, what happened with Diaz? Did you want to trade him? Did you not want to deal him? What did the offers look like? I think that could have that could have really changed it to that uh, to an A grade because sure, they get a B based on their previous uh, their previous work in the in the last two off seasons. But I think overall, if you look at the prospects that they got. I probably have them closer to a C at, at the deadline, uh, an A for effort or B for an effort, uh, but a C. They could have gotten a lot more uh, had they dealt Elias Diaz, especially when you consider the fact that the starting rotation next year is is still looking a little bit rough. You didn't get a, a big league piece that you can at least have battle for a spot. Yeah, they got they got and they got they didn't have any, they don't have any any they didn't get anything big league ready or even near big league ready. I mean, you got uh double A I think is the highest you got out of um the ranked prospects that you got back. So, um yeah, that's a that's that's a huge problem for the Rockies. Who are they who's going to fill out a rotation the next couple of years? Um and I agree with you on Diaz. I think that if it was me, I would have shopped him hard. Um and, uh, because yeah, there's the whole like you said, there's the whole 
you know, working veteran catcher, working with pitchers, I think that's overrated um, when you're trying to rebuild uh, the R word that the Rockies never use, but they're, that's what they're doing. Um, if you're trying to rebuild, you, you, I don't look, if I'm trying to rebuild, yeah, the development that's on my coaches more than anything else. And I, I'm not, I, I'm going to, I'm going to get, I'm going to stock my system if I've got a valuable piece like Diaz, because he is, like you said, he's, he's probably the most valuable piece they had that could have moved. He's also, he, he also had cachet at the moment because of the all-star game MVP award. Um, he, by all, by all accounts, by all metrics, he hit, he did well. He's a, he's been above an above average hitter. Um, and he's done, he's done better than I think the Rockies ever thought he would do or anybody ever thought he would do in a Rockies uniform. So, yeah, I think um, the, the 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 danger and the and the fear always with the Rockies is that they hold on hold on to people for sentimental reasons, and that's not a good. There's no reason to hold on to a guy for so they can put something on your media guide. You know what I mean? It's you. This is a business. You're trying to get better, and I think players know that. There's no hard feelings when you let a guy. You know when you trade a guy, um, and so just move on with it and go all in on the build. Right? Go all in on the rebuild rather than kind of like you know, tiptoeing around it here and there. And the fact that there weren't a ton of really good bats that were traded yeah, during the deadline. Exactly. I mean, it was, it was, it's pitching heavy. And even, even the pitching market was a buyer's or a, a seller's market. And, but there were the, that's a great point. There was, there were virtually no prominent names on, on the position player market in this, in this deadline, which is, I think a, a testament to how, how the trade deadline will, it has been changed by the, the third wild card being added. And, and the fact that teams are, you know, more and more teams are in it, which is great for, for those teams in those markets and for baseball overall in the sense that it's more exciting. But the trade deadline is less exciting because you've got teams that don't really know if they're buyers or sellers and having to make tough decisions like the Padres um, and uh, the Angels, which it's totally backfired on them so far. Uh, they've fallen to seven games out after going winless since the trade deadline. They could have had the hall of halls for, 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 um, Shohei Otani. So, uh, that's going to really hurt them for years because it doesn't look like they're going to make the playoffs. And even if they do, what are the chances that you go deep? So the trade deadline has fundamentally changed, I think for the future now. And we saw a lot of that this year. Yeah. The, the two, two phrases you used is the sentimentality and the tough decisions because again, you can give the Rockies credit for, for moving guys that they should have moved. So, you know, I don't know how much credit you want to give to someone. We lower, lower the bar, right? right? I mean, right. it's like the Rockies, because <laughs> of how poor the poor decisions um, that they've made in the past, it becomes, well, let's lower the bar to, did they do what they should have done? You know, and that then we start grading on a curve that we shouldn't grade on. That's right. And and we're saying that well they they didn't make that 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 tough decision that they probably yeah. should have in 2021 with Trevor Story and Daniel Bard in uh, rather Trevor Story and and, and John Gray and in 2022 with with Daniel Bard and maybe even Elias Diaz too and CJ and, and to be fair I think with with Story there may very well have been legit concern about his elbow yeah. um, I would have moved him earlier than even that se- in the season I would have moved him as soon as Arnado left. But why could yeah? But you couldn't have traded him. I mean, you and I could have, but they couldn't have because they had just traded Nolan Arenado and the optics. Oh, that, yeah, that, see, the, the optics, see, right? yeah, the optics. I mean, they don't. It's like, but who cares? I mean, it, it, when it comes to that, it's like, are you commit? Are you going to commit yourself to going all in on? Are you gonna Are you gonna pivot right there when you say when Arenado leaves? 
and you say, look, we, this is, this is collapsing around us and we need to pivot to a different direction. And so we're, we're letting, it's kind of like what Dan O'Dowd did when he, when he came, he did a lot of unpopular things. He, he let the Blake street bombers all virtually except for Larry Walker. He traded them all, got virtually nothing back. And some of those guys never even played in the big leagues. Um, so that wasn't good, but he made the move that was unpopular because he was like, we need to pivot to it into a different direction. Now. Um, I, I, I don't agree completely with his premise on what they needed to pivot to, but um, he did do that. And I think this is one of those times where the Rockies needed to do that. Move, move on from him. You know, I mean, the fans still come out. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, if, 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 if that theory has been put to the test this year, this is the first team in Rockies history that's going to lose 100 games. Their attendance is up over, you know, now a lot of that is, is the balance schedule. You get a lot of really uh, interesting teams that people want to come see. But so it doesn't matter how, they're there. And so the idea that, well, the gate's going to suffer because we don't have a star. You don't have a star now. Chris Bryant doesn't play. So um, all those Bryant jerseys, the only Bryant you see is in the stands, the jerseys, right? So you need to, they should have made that move then. Story, you're gone. We're going to get something good for you right now. Um, when his value was higher than it was when he had the injury, and the injury really, I think, spooked a lot of people, uh, from what I understand. And but Gray, there's really no nothing you can say about that one. Gray is maybe you thought he, you know, you can't take an agent or a player at their word because they can change their mind. They have the right to. And um, I think there was there was the sense that he was going to resign. Um, both in the media and, and within the Rockies organization. And that might've, might've been a good sense, but then again, there's no guarantee of that. And they ended up getting between story and gray. They got one draft pick. So that's just bottom line, unacceptable, right? That's what this, it yeah. comes down to. This management of, of, of assets. And I, in fact, one of, one of the, the, the bigger keys and two on top of making a tough decision with, with Elias Diaz and, um, and, and trading, I don't, I don't think the value on Daniel Bard would have been that great. There definitely weren't teams clamoring like they were this time last yeah, year. Yeah, Bard's value just tanked, right? Because just, of just went down. ever since WBC, man, I think the WBC, yeah. right. you know, I've talked, I talked to him a few times. You probably did too. I talked to him a few times about just the um, anxiety part of things and everything else. Anxiety is not an issue anymore for him. Um, he is, he's beyond that. He took time. And that was great of him to do that. Uh, I think that was, and I talked to him about that. I said, that's commendable because there, there's a lot of, um, you know, people that um, feel like in sports that you're weak because, you know, if you take time to deal with mental issues, mental health issues, and that's not the case at all. That's a show of strength because you're like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put myself and my teammates in a bad spot because my head's not in the right place and I'm going to get this right. And he did that. Um, now it's just simply command. For him and you know he never had great command he's never been a guy that thrives on command he's a guy that, that thrives on just that filthy movement and getting guys to commit early in the count and swing and miss and put them in bad spots he's just having guys have been patient you know they've been patient with him this year and that's really hurt his value tanked and so yeah I mean, he wasn't going anywhere yeah if, look if, bottom line if you're looking for a value you definitely need to make sure you're heading over to kind love. That's the spot. That's where you go. Uh, great partner, great local brand. It's one of the first dispensaries in Colorado established back in 2010. They've cultivated some of the highest quality cannabis in the state. One of the highest quality brands uh, with some, some patient grow techniques, patented techniques, uh, authentic genetics. Absolutely amazing. And they've got the 
turbo joint, which is uh, amazing. I know that everyone that's used it, uh, they've used it in different ways. That's the other thing too. There's no wrong way. Some people even like break it up a little bit, put in a bowl if they need to, whatever, blunt cigarette, figure it out, have some fun with that. Of course, responsibly, uh, you do that with the turbo cord. It's great. They've got a store back down in, uh, in Cherry Creek or North Denver. You mentioned DNVR and you're actually going to receive exclusive discount of 25 25% off all kind love flower pre-rolls and their turbo turbo joint line visit their website at kindlove.com for their full extensive menu and online ordering again get this code dnvr even works for deliveries great deal with kind love and a great deal with shady rays because you buy one you get one free that's right glasses sunglasses best independent sunglass company around they've got over 200,000 five-star reviews online it's great because if you lose or break your sunglasses which is so common with sunglasses that's why some of you out there don't want to go in and quote unquote invest well first off you're going to buy one you're going to get one free if you go to the park meadows mall you get 50 percent off two or more pairs of polarized shades but here's the thing if you lose or break them they will replace it for you so you can't beat it you've got covered all the way around with shady rays and you can uh, you can get a free refund Absolutely, 100% back, or just get a new pair within 30 days. That's the guarantee with Shady Rays. Make sure you use code DNVR to buy one, get one free over at ShadyRays.com. Manny, the, the thing that I keep coming back to when it comes to the trade deadline, besides, hey, they maybe could have done more. Maybe they could have gotten more. It's hard to know what these negotiations, what you could have got, what was on the table. But there's something maybe even bigger at stake for the Rockies this year in not maybe going more all in, not making that Diaz deal or Brent Suter or Jerks and Profar, as you said. That's the first overall pick in the 2024 MLB draft. Now, for anyone that doesn't know, you don't need to have the worst record to get the first pick. In fact, you could have maybe like the fifth worst record because it's a lottery system now. And right now, the Rockies have the highest percentage you can get, 16.5%. That's for the three worst teams in MLB. And that's where the Rockies are at right now, uh, the third worst record. They're not going to lose more games than the Royals, who you know, went on a, a nice streak there, even sweeping the first place, uh, Minnesota Twins. Uh, but you could have some teams behind them who sold off even more go past them. We saw it the last two trade deadlines where the Rockies were the fourth or fifth worst team in the game, and then they only end up with the ninth or fifth pick overall. So each trade, each, with each trade that you make, even beyond what they had already done, besides increasing the quantity of your prospects and hopefully the quality of those prospects in your farm system, it would have increased the likelihood that not only could they have gotten a first overall pick or second or third, whatever it may be, but also the bonus pool money that comes with that for next year's 2024 MLB draft. And I feel like that is, that is an important element here in this, whether you lose a hundred games or not, look, you are going to help yourself out. The more you're going to lose, it's not tanking necessarily, but it is a realization of like, look, what are we playing for this year? Let's help ourselves out. Let's almost take take the talent off the field, put some new uh, prospects down in our farm system, increase the likelihood that we're going to have an even better draft next year. And it's, it's really a win-win situation, I feel like, all around for just the players getting traded, going off to winning teams, and more opportunities for young guys in the organization to have playing time up in the big leagues with the Rockies. Totally agree. Uh and it's not tanking because baseball is cyclical in nature. You 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 build, you win in a competitive window. You rebuild, you win. You rebuild, you win. Rebuild is a word, and because of that, it's not really tanking to say, as part of our rebuild, we're going to sell off pieces because we want younger players for the next wave of, of uh, for the next competitive window that we're trying to build to. 
Um, so the, again, I think what we're kind of dancing around, but to get right to the point, as far as the, the tying all of it together from what we talked about so far, I think it's the Rockies, you know, you hear this word all in sometimes like, like, like show it Tony that you hold on to show it time. You're all in on 2023. Uh, if you're the angels or, you know, the Padres, you know, we're all in, even though we have struggled and all that stuff, the Padres have been all in, you know, that that button is stuck in the push position right because like they've been all in for years now now there's even rumors that they're trying to extend monsoto you know it's like we don't it's just amazing how much they're they're you know throwing money at this thing to try to make it work um but the rockies and the word all in don't seem to mix i don't i i don't see i mean i don't think we see that i think we Yes, they're they've made some productive moves this offseason or this uh, before the trade deadline. They made productive moves. They've 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 converted veteran players into prospects. But all in Diaz um, moving more, you know, doing whatever it took to unload Profar for whatever you got back. Um, just even, like you said, that takes him off the field. Um, and to and to make it that the side effect of that is you lose more games and you put yourself in a better position, right? You're not trying to lose those games, but you're trying to rebuild. But in the process, that's kind of one of the uh, side effects that you're going to lose. And so you put yourself in a better position to there's a reason why they give the worst teams the best shot, the best odds in the in the in the lottery. So uh, it, there's nothing wrong with that, in my opinion. I think that's part of how this all works. And the Rockies just don't seem all in, if that's the word to use. They seem kind of like. Yeah, we're moving at our, at a, at our comfort level, at a pace that's our comfort level, and I think that you need to be more aggressive than that. I think you need to. What's the worst that can happen? Is it worse than the last five years? You know, I mean, real 1923. Is it worse? Can can you get worse by trying to be more aggressive? I think you you got to get you got to take a page from some other teams. You don't have to be the Padres. And you don't have to be the angels, you could, but you can be the Rockies in a more aggressive mode to try to build a winner sooner rather than later. And I don't think that's what they what they're doing right now. And to, to second your point from from a roundabout way of, of like a devil's advocate, and you say, oh, well, Manny, how are you going all in if you're going all out by trading your players? We're talking about going all in for the future. Yes. Um, that, that being said, Rockies did not go all in. In 2017 and 2018, if you look at the trade deadline, you know, kind of getting fringier type players. And in fact, in 2018, when they had an even better shot, they took the Dodgers to the brink there. You had Matt Holliday coming out of retirement. You got a third string catcher and Drew Buter again, who contributed and was was really nice, um, was an important piece that you needed. And then Sung Wan Oh, because, you know, he was he was affordable for 2019 and going forward. But those are the only moves that you made. And then DJ LeMay, who, you know, obviously goes off and, and you don't, you know, show him the bag when uh, he, he wanted to get more money. Like there's all in opportunities that are just truly all in. That's a very, very good point. They all in is not just, I mean, all in change. The definition of all in changes based on where you're at, right. Yeah. In, in your, in your, in your process at that time, 2018 was the time to strike. The iron was hot right there. Um, and even that off season, like you just, You've, you've just reached the postseason twice and back-to-back years for the first time in franchise history. You've got a young pitching staff that's actually doing well, the best pitching, young pitching you've ever had in Colorado. A manager who's gotten the most out of them, even more, I think. I think they overachieved those two years because of Bud Black, especially with the, his work with pitching staff. Um, and then now's the time. You've got 
DJ LeMahieu, Nolan Arenado, and Trevor Story, and Charlie Blackman closer to his peak. Let's just put it this way. If you can't get it done with those guys, where they're at, and that young pitching staff, I mean, look, I'm no GM, but what more, how much was there really to do there, you know, to, to, to augment that and, and supplement what you had already to get to the next level, as in go deeper into October. You get to the wild card game, then you go to the division series. What's the next step? And I think that's a direct um, that you can draw a direct line between that and the departure of Nolan Arenado because um, Nolan Arenado is that type of guy that you know what he um, he wants to play for a winner and he wants to see things moving in a direction that things are going to get better, not worse before they get better or worse than just stay worse. And I think he saw the writing on the wall and it was not what he wanted to read and he just you know, he kind of, you know, kind of pushed his way out for that reason. And then that, 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 that led to the cascading of everything else and five years in the wilderness for this franchise where they've kind of been just nebulous. They've been kind of like, they kind of been nothing. They've kind of been, they'd have no identity. Now is the time where they need to start building that identity right now. And an all in approach right now would be to try to accelerate that around people like Nolan Jones and around people like Ezekiel Tovar, guys who have potential and are showing it at the major league level, support that, show them that we are all in with you guys. You guys are, it's you guys, you guys are our guys. You guys are the future. Make it happen. We'll do everything we can to support you. Yeah. And as Will points out in the, in our comments here again, if you're just listening to this as a podcast, great. Go ahead and leave us a, a review. Uh, let us know what, what your thoughts are on, on the show. But if you're able to, to watch live or even just watch after the fact over on the DVR Sports channel on YouTube, you can leave a comment, as Will points out. There was a deal for Real Muto in place, of course. Uh, of course, would have would have cost Brendan Rodgers. And you go, well, you Make know, hey. Trade if you look back now, right? You, you do. And you say, oh, well, but Real Muto might have left in free agency. Again, you, yeah, you, you kind of figure it out. And you just say, look, when you, have a, when you have a chance to win a championship, you, you just have to go for it. And you'll worry about who emerges and who comes out of nowhere. Yeah. And that's the thing, too, is like, I, I, I again, I'm not a GM. I'm not qualified necessarily to be a GM. I'm just saying what common sense from the outside looking in would dictate. And that's what, you know, for the media, we're on the outside looking in, trying to understand what's going on and analyze that, right? That's what we're here for, uh, part of why we do what we do. And so from, from that perspective, it's like, come on, guys, what are you doing here? What's happening? Who are you? What are you trying to build? What's next? And it just seems like there's, there's, there's never enough movement in the right direction. Now it's like you said, we, the bar had been lowered earlier. That we talked about this earlier in this, in this discussion. The bar had been lowered to the point where it's like, wow, they made the move they should have made, you know, rather than like what it is with most teams, which is, mm, okay, they did what they're supposed to do. Great. But that's what they're supposed to do. You know, what more could be done? How, are they pushing in the right direction at the right pace? And I think that's the key. The, are the Rockies doing what they're, are the Rockies pushing at the right pace or are they pushing at a leisurely pace that is more comfortable into the, in, in whatever kind of comfort zone they have with these things? A lot, I, I wonder how much of it is is that they've even been burned in the past. Um, there just seems to be with this team between free agency, especially with the free agency. Uh, but this team overall has just had a, such a history of being snake bit, for lack of a better term. Some their own making, but some also just outside their control, things that happen outside their control, that they're, they're tentative, they're hesitant, they're... Um, 
I wonder how, I wonder if that's part of it. And if that's part of it, they need to get a new, I think, attitude about this. I don't know if that means bringing outside um, voices in, outside um, executives in and say, look, this is how we did things here. And I think it could work here. Um, but if you're not, there needs to be an aggression. There needs to be an urgency. There needs to be, um, I'm not saying there's no urgency. I'm just saying, is it, is it enough in the direction you're trying to go? Because right now, look, you got nothing to lose at this point. I mean, you are a hundred loss team. You are trying to build for the future. They'll never say the word rebuild, but that's what they're trying to do. It's clear. And they, and they, and, and they know that they, they know that this is a, whatever you want to, you can call it whatever you want, but it's really just a rebuild. So bottom line, are you moving with the right sense of urgent, the right sense of urgency in the direction you need to go? Or is this, and that's the fear is that this is going to kind of stagnate if you don't. Yeah. You mentioned being aggressive and moving at a leisurely pace. Well, some of you out there, your leisurely pace is going to be the Breck Brew Mountain Beach Sour. There's still a month left. I know if you're a teacher or your kids are going back to school, you're thinking summer's over. It's not. Uh, and I know it's a little bit cooler outside too this entire week, but still it is summertime. So celebrate with the Mountain Beach Sour, aromas of fresh pineapple, thirst quenching sour. It's a vacation in a can. Staycation, if you need to, it's fine. Vibrant flavors of tart lime and pineapple blended with sweet notes of guava. Bring a taste of tropics to the high country. It's a Colorado company made with Colorado ingredients, made with renewable energy as well. Head over to breckbrew.com to find a Breck near you. They also have uh, the World Cup going on down at the farmhouse as well. Uh, if you want to get down on that, or if you want tickets to a big event going on this summer, you can still get that over at Game Time Tickets. It's fantastic. You use promo code DNVR, you get twenty dollars off your first purchase, or you could just get some major savings, especially when you look, look at an event closer to the start of that event. So on the day of, you start to notice prices come down five hours before the event, even two hours to an hour and a half before the event is going to start. Those ticket brokers or people that unfortunately aren't able to make the event, hey, you can take advantage of that and get your seats for 60% less than face value. Basketball, baseball, concerts, you name it, all around. Seats that are courtside behind home plate. It's fantastic because of game time tickets. Again, use that promo code DNVR for $20 off your first purchase. Manny, one of those guys that you're going to need to count on for next year has been looking really solid. Austin Gomer. Cause right now your starting rotation is Kyle Freeland. He's going to get the ball yep. probably on opening day with Marquez and Sensatella still out uh, with Tommy John surgery. We don't even know if Marquez would even technically be a part of this uh, team next yeah. year on the 40 man roster because he does have a team option. So that's a whole saga to, to unpack Ryan Feltner fractured skull. Uh, we did get news that he was able to throw a bullpen session in St. Louis, which was fantastic to see. So maybe you get something from him, but you can't rely upon him just yet. You can't even rely upon uh, Monday night's pitcher in Milwaukee, Peter Lambert just yet. Although he is starting to uh, ramp things up just a little bit. He's got enough youth on his side that you hope maybe he can be a back end pitcher in the starting rotation, but Austin Gomber looked really solid over the weekend on Sunday against St. Louis in July, since July three and one with a two five Oh ERA, including 19 strikeouts to just five walks. They really need him to do what he's doing right now. I'm going to give you a new, a new uh, definition of the word MVP for the Rockies in the second half, most valuable projection. There yeah. are guys in the second half that That's you're going to look at and say, Hey, for these final two months, 
this guy needs to step up to really get hyped a little bit about the 2024 product and say, hey, this guy could continue to make strides next season. I think right now, MVP, most valuable projection for the Rockies in the second half has to be Austin Gomber. Yeah, so, you know, it's been interesting with Gomber. It's been kind of like this for the last, you know, ever since really he came over because um, when you look back to like that first season he was here in 21, he was really good at Coors Field. I mean, he had a stretch there where it was like, how is he doing this? This is incredible. Um, everything was working. And then he fell in some hard times and then he, and then that worsened in 22. And then this year has been very up and down too, but lately he's been very good. The question is how long can he sustain it? If he can sustain that for any decent length of time, you're going to get your money's worth out of that guy. You're going to get a lot from him. And that's good. He's when he's on, he's really good. Let's just put it that way. We know that. Um, how much, how long he's going to be able to sustain it is the question. And we'll see, we won't be able to see enough of that this year, but it's, it's never a bad thing to go into the off season on a roll because that gives you confidence. It's part of the reason why guys who are hurt for a lot of the season try to get back so they can kind of put at ease their fear, maybe that they've lost a step or that there's something, you know, that's still wrong with the injury. They come back. That's why Brandon Rogers got back and he's playing. He got back faster than they thought he would. He's playing and it's good for him because he can try to go into the the off season with something positive on his mind and kind of a good feeling and confident feeling about his play rather than being hurt the whole time. It's kind of the same with pitchers go in, even though we've had a rough season, go in and try to uh, make it, make it a good September to, to head into the off season in a good frame of mind. Um, beyond that, I think Ezekiel Tovar has proven that he's a major league player. He's going to be staying in the major leagues. He's going to be a player that has a decent major league baseball career he's not going to be a flash in the pan he's not going to be a one and done type guy and that's a really that's a big hurdle to pass that's really good um for him um the defense has been there for most of the year the hitting has come around um you're going to have your peaks and valleys throughout the season when you're a rookie but i think that he is going to be a good solid player for a long time and that's good nolan jones he's it's it's you know He's Exciting. just so toolsy. Exciting. It's just, yeah. you look at a guy like that and you say, what could he be? And it's like, um, you know, the fan, you know, fans salivate over that sort of thing because it's like, man, like this guy, this guy has the best arm strength in the game, basically. Um, you know, and he's got speed above average speed. He's got raw, incredible raw power. If he could get, if he could be consistent, he is going to be a star, not just a, you know, a, a slightly above average league average player. So there's some fun there, you know, in, in, in dreaming on that. If you're a, um, and what Will says is exactly right. He's like Sam Hilliard, except he's showing more of more potential than which Sam, Sam showed. And that's really true. Hilliard was that guy before speed size. He was, he was bigger than, he was like Larry Walker in terms of how he was, how he was built just not the skills, uh, not the, not the ability at the, at the big league level. I mean, again, to be fair, who has that um, very few, but uh, you, Nolan Jones is a second version of that. And, the, and he's even bigger and even stronger. The question is, is he going to make it? So, um, you know, if you're, if you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to make this work, I, I've had this mentality for a while now, uh, particularly after doing the, the project with the Blake street bombers that they need to go back to that style. Um, that strategy of of uh, of a team because they focused on pitching um, and yeah that's a good thing you want to develop your own pitches the only way to go right however even when you do that 
you just got three pros, three ranked prospect ranked prospects back, top thirty guys in the in this trade deadline. You tell me what the odds are of them making it, even making it right. from A all the way through to the big leagues, and then secondly, to be good. And at some point, you have to take I think the thirty thousand foot view of all of this. Well, twenty five thousand feet. You're five thousand closer already. So, and that's yeah. actually. That's actually pun intended. That's actually part of the, the issue here. You play in an environment unlike any other in baseball. We know that it's hard to win. Even take strip out all of the decisions that have been made, good or bad. It's hard to win here, period. So you've got to do something. You got to you have you need a template and you need to stick with it for a while and you need to go for that. The template you have right now is not working. What you need to do is you need to make your home field a true advantage, not a boogeyman. And we've talked about this at length on the, on our podcast, Mark and I, on our podcast. And we're going to talk about it again, shameless plug. We're going to have Dante Bichette on um, tonight. Actually, we're going to do a podcast with him talking about this very thing. Um, and particularly on the hitter side, how developed hitters, because this ballpark, you should bludgeon them to death here. Win 55 games here at home every year. Cause you're going to lose 40 on the road. Nobody can, nobody can, has, has given, shown me any, anything convincing regarding we can be a good road team. They've been, they've had all the personnel. Uh, it's, it's not the personnel because they've had all the different guys over, diff- over the different timing uh, or the different uh, eras of this team. You had the Blake Street Bombers, you had um, Matt Holiday, Carlos Gonzalez. Now these recent guys, Arenado, Story, LeMahieu, Blackman. Guess what? All of them, all of the teams are bad on the road. Okay, I'm not talking to individual players, but all of the teams sure. overall were over bad there. on the road. You yeah. can't argue with the numbers. I think they have four winning seasons on the road in 20 in 31, right? So that's just that those are just that's facts. So just own that then. Okay. If that's how it's gonna be, we're gonna chalk up 40. I, w- I would just tell my guys, you're gonna lose 40 games on the road. Stop trying to fight it. Just do just play, okay. When you go on the road, see if you can win 40, see if you can, see if you can win a couple of games above, go a couple of games above 500. That's the best this team's ever been able to do with some of the greatest players in franchise history. So don't pretend like it's not a thing, deal with it, own it. And then you better win a lot of games at home. You better own also Coors Field, make it your, I remember um, growing up in the Bay area, we talked at length about this, but I was a Giants fan. So I remember that Roger Craig would, you know, I, I remember hearing that he would tell his players in the late eighties when those Giants teams were really good. Um, I don't want to hear one complaint by anybody about Candlestick Park, how cold it is, how much trash is flying around on the field. I don't care how windy, how tough it is to catch a pop-up. Forget about it. You hear it. You're fine. I don't, I don't care. Okay. Because we're going to make this place our home field advantage. We're going to, we're going to take the fact that people hate coming to play here and we're going to use it against them. And that's what needs to happen with Coors Field. You, I, I know in talking there, to um, – There used to be there used to be in the visitors' clubhouse, there was a sign saying, you know, welcome to, you know, a mile high, 5,280 yeah. feet above sea level, which I thought, oh, that's a good little uh, it puts it mind, in mind track right there. Yeah. And I remember Ellis Burke saying, you know, when we got on a plane to come back from a road trip, we'd be like, all right, nightmare on Blake Street. Here we come. Because that they, they were a nightmare for opposing teams. They took batting practice in the final – set because that's when the opposing pitcher stretched the bombers right. all waited till the end because they wanted to give them give the opposing pitchers a little preview of what's to come and they and they would make this was a, a meant a psychological game they were trying to play that's what this team needs a chip on their shoulder how much would a rockies fan like to see that 
a Rockies team that actually walked tall with a chip on their shoulder, particularly on the hitter side, because literally we're going to bludgeon you. We are going to make this place such a nightmare that you can't get, wait to get out of here. Not because the games are insane, but because you're exhausted from being beaten over the head. And we're going to, and we're once we do that, we're going to go and lose on the road. Then we're going to come back and win here. And we're going to win yeah. 55 to 60 games and be in the hunt every year. Build a team that can do that. Nathan teams... would be down for that. Nathan would be down for that. He, <laughs> he wants to at the Bombers. Look, the, the bludgeoning on Blake Street, like make that yeah. happen. And now, too, yeah. of course, there's a designated hitter. So, you know, Dante yeah. Bichette, you know, obviously you, you look at his career numbers. And you go, been, oh. This would be his era, right? Oh, it because would have been because wasn't... obviously defensive metrics, you know, he, yeah. he got he got hit a lot for that. You'll have to ask him tonight, too, to see if he's going to be coming out uh, the beginning of next month because Toronto. Yeah. Well, uh, he will be here in the middle of the month because they're honoring all those guys. So they'll be here. That's right. But uh, he might be here earlier. But, yeah, so – you know, I, I talked to John Smoltz for the book and I said, because of that 95 playoffs and I wanted to get his perspective. He's like, we were scared to death. Mm-hmm. He was very candid. He said, two, three format. We got to go there. It was weird because the higher seed has to go play two at the lower seed, the first year of the wild card. And then we got to come back home. And they had us. They could they threw two games away and we could have been down 2-0 and then good luck winning three in a row in Atlanta. And the Rockies did take one in Atlanta. Bottom line is they're like, he said that team, he compared that lineup to the Cleveland lineup that year with Manny Ramirez, um, Albert, Bell, me, Kenny Lo- uh, Kenny Lockett, Albert Bell, all of those guys, that massive lineup that they won 100 games in a strike-shortened season because of the lineup. And I said, How, really? That's interesting. He said, yeah, because you put a DH to the Rockies. Give a DH to the Rockies, and I don't know which one's better. They prepared us for that World Series win over the the, 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 the when we played Cleveland to win the World Series. And so – Get you know what? Even if it doesn't work out, wouldn't it feel better? <laughs> wouldn't it feel better to be confident? I think a lot of fans would agree with that. Wouldn't yeah. it feel better to to be confident rather than than always worrying about the boogeyman that is Coors Field? That oh man, the game's gonna get out of hand. Oh no, here we go again. Coors, the meme, the meme would actually turn into something positive. Rather Exclamation than, point. Rather than yeah, rather than something completely usually completely negative because like, Oh, right. great. So, I mean, that's, that's just, and, they, and it's not easy to do that. You're trying to, but Bill Schmidt is trying to do is turn around the Titanic while it's sinking based on what, what happened before that, right. Based on the, the carnage for lack of a better way to put it of the previous few years. And so it's not easy. You can't just do it, you know, that quickly, but that's the direction I think I would go in and that would involve free agency. Go get a bunch of hitters. Don't spend them on Chris Brown. Don't spend them on aging hitters who have an injury list, an injury history, and don't spend them on guys who don't have a position. We like, got to work. Has- we got to work on this metaphor too, because I think there there's a lot of fans who are, are jumping ship uh, off off the sinking boat there. So uh, we could use that. Look, I want to uh, briefly just touch on the the Brewer series here. Peter Lambert tonight against Freddie Peralta. Monday, six ten start Mountain Standard Time. Kyle Freeland back on the bump against Wade Miley. Love seeing two lefties against each other. And then Chris Flexen, third start. Let's see if he can be more like uh, his second start rather than his first start going against Adrian Hauser at 12-10. Susie will be around for a post-game show. You wrote uh, over on MLB.com about interesting matchups this week. Ellie De La Cruz against Yuri Perez. Fun. Reds, Marlins. When was the yeah. last time anyone ever got excited about Reds, yeah. Marlins? Red. This might be a first in the history of baseball. Best pitching prospect in the game, 20 years old. I think there was, I think he set a record of in a live ball era for a pitcher that young to have an ERA as low as he had in his first 11 starts, two, three, six. 
And they just sent him down to manage his workload. And he's back. And that's exciting for them. They need it because they've been kind of reeling. Same with the Reds. The Red needs the Reds need a spark as well. But they're, you know, it's fun when teams like that are are, are relevant again and they're they're in the playoff chase. And that's really what again the third wild card does. So that's fun. Uh, but yeah, Ellie De La Cruz, man, that guy's a that guy's incredible. I mean, that guy's we thought O'Neill Cruz was right. This guy is this guy is more than that. This guy is O'Neill Cruz, but better, which is a lot to say. And um Enjoy that while it lasts. It's fun to watch. We're living in an exciting time in terms of baseball, being a baseball fan. I mean, with what Otani's doing, we'll never see it again. Um, we how 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 you know fortunate are we to be the generation that gets to watch Shohei Otani out of all the hundred the hundred years before since Babe Ruth? It's us. And um and Shohei Otani is doing more than what Babe Ruth did. Babe Ruth pitched, he could have maybe done more, but he because he was converted completely to a full-time hitter. So that's great. Ellie De La Cruz got young stars like that. It's just very exciting. Ronald Acuna is showing us what Eric Davis might've done uh, a little bit. And so that's fun. You like Eric Davis. Anyway, moving on. He's all right. Uh, hey, you mentioned Otani. That's a big one too. Giants angels. This is a series for the giants to show the angels or rather to show Shohei Otani. Well, when yeah. culture could be like, this could be that series <laughs> that plants series. the seed. Yeah, exactly. Where Otani's like, ah, I might want to go somewhere else. And then you also have got the Orange Bowl, as you pointed out. Uh, well, I, I came up yeah. with that phrase. The Orange Bowl, Astros, mm-hmm. Orioles, Orioles, great test for Baltimore. Looks like Verlander's probably going to miss this series, uh, but he could end up, he could go on Friday, he could go on Thursday uh, if, they, if they move back Hunter Brown. But uh, Astros, Orioles is going to be a nice, yeah, nice uh, postseason uh, preview. Uh, could be a postseason preview. I mean, they, the Orioles are so fun because they're legitimately a powerhouse now. And that was not necessarily something that we would have said after they go 83 and 79 and surprise everybody. And, and it's like, oh, well, this is a fun story. Let's watch these guys. It'll be fun to keep tabs on them. Now they've won 70 games, their first team to 70 wins. Um, the Astros are always there, right? They all they are always in the hunt for the AL West. Even if Guys like Altuve go down and Jordan Alvarez, they weather the storm and they're back. They, those guys are back. It's going to be a fun series to watch these these two go at it because it's definitely an October preview, I think. Did both those teams go outside their organization for a new general manager and revolutionize how they did business to get to where they're at? I don't can't recall. Did they I don't know. That? I'm trying to think about it. <laughs> um, but it seems like it seems like the opposite of what happens has happened around here. Um, and look, if if even if they wanted to stay internal with it. If, if they were making more aggressive strides, it's, I mean, what's, what does it matter if it's an outside person or not? But the whole idea that they're being very insular will never die. That notion will never die unless they start doing those kinds of things and acting and making those kinds of moves where it's like we're changing the way we do business, even though we it's the same, you know, a lot of the same people in the organization. Yeah. All right, Manny, go ahead. Be aggressive. Plug away about your podcast. You're writing on MLB.com, all that. Because you and Mark like to be aggressive in a good way, in a good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we thank you for the, for the chance to do that. Um, the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast, we do we try to do it every week. And um, we love talking. We love getting, you know, it's always Rockies related. Um, but we also kind of get into bigger bigger picture baseball things as well. Um, we'll have Dante on this next week. And uh, we'll, um, you know, we've, ha- we've had guys like, you know, the rest of the Bombers on. We've had... Sometimes we'll go and get guys um, like former teammates of Mark's, you know, um, because that and those are some of my favorite because I get to <laughs> make fun of Mark for, you know, all the uh, all of his the, the, his pitching days, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's a weekly. You can find it. Just just Google Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. You'll find it. 
in all the different various places you get your podcasts. Um, and uh, yeah, and MLB.com, you know, uh, just follow me on Twitter, Manny on MLB. That's where I post stuff. So that's usually the easiest place to find stuff. Got something fun coming out on um, Wednesday um, related to uh, King Griffey Jr. So that'll be fun. And uh, so look out for that. Um, yeah. So that's what, what, what I've got going on. That's good stuff. And then maybe, maybe episode 1000 with Andres Galarraga, the white whale. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know if anybody knows how to get a hold of Andres Galarraga. Let me know, man. I, he's the one guy that nobody has, I haven't found and nobody else that I know has found. Um, so hopefully he's doing well, but he's, you know, they told me I should go golf course hopping in Florida to find him, you know, probably run into him somewhere, but so maybe I'll have to do that at some point. It's DB Cooper. Uh, Jimmy Hoffa and Andres Colorado. No <laughs> one knows where those three no guys knows. are. Where are well, they? Yeah, it's gonna be a documentary at some point on Andres Colorado. I mean, like, what what happened to the man? So, yeah, because I mean, even with stuff like that 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 are, that's gonna happen next month with um, honoring the the alumni, he's not gonna yeah, you know, he's not there. So, no. Well, if you or anyone you know knows anything about the whereabouts of Andres call this Colorado, number, no. hit us up on Twitter at yeah. dnvr underscore Rockies. I'm at Patrick D yeah. Lyons on Twitter. Manny, this is uh been momentous as always we appreciate that definitely. always fun thanks for having me man you're giving appreciate us yes yes always great talk chatting and uh, chopping it up with you but unfortunately as you know in, in baseball and podcasting world uh, that momentum it's only as good as your next show so of course Susie will be back tomorrow live from the dnvr There's a lot of pressure studio. on Susie. it is but she always delivers 1 p.m right here on the dnvr sports channel live on youtube